Hello, 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 and welcome to the Make It So Unofficial podcast. I'm Ross, Ross Manfortel, faithful reader on the forums. And I'm Nathan Gooey. And it looks like we're down to our final two contestants. Yes, we are. We are down to James and Adam. Sounds like a Mythbuster show there. <laughs> yes, it does. But, um, there, there's... The, the most controversial thing is how close the number three is to number two. Yes, Patty Ty, kicked and Pat, had a total score of 748.91 to Adam Chewy Hegarty's 749.11. So two tenths of 1%. Out yes. Of 750 almost. He, he's cursing himself right now. Why didn't I just do a little bit better? Just a tiny fraction. I, that could be as simple as one person's vote in the public vote. Right, because the, the judges are all with whole numbers. So, yeah, you need more distinction that every vote counts. There it is. But unfortunately for Mr. Ty. We only take the top two. Right, but there there is actually still the one in seven chance, well, the six and seven chance that he will be involved in the final challenge in some way, shape, or form. That's right. According to Charlie, uh, posted in the challenge number eight, uh, earlier today, I the final two contestants must pick their teams of the from the contestants who didn't make it so. Right. Which limits the field from the billions of people on the planet to seven. If you didn't compete, don't expect an invite. Well, you can get an invite. You're just not going to be participating in the challenge. Uh, And there will be two teams of so I believe they will actually be choosing uh, two more participants to join them on their team. Oh, interesting. So four of the seven contestants will be chosen. Right. Uh, I suppose uh, there were other contestants at one point in time, but I doubt anybody would pick somebody who dropped out of the competition. Right, especially since the last, um, the the whole point of phase two was to work with every other contestant. Right. And that would mean that they've not worked with one of the two contestants who have dropped. Well, not not directly, but I, I know that those two contestants were involved in the general thread on the board, so that they're at least familiar with it, but I... I no, nothing against these two guys, but they, they'd be pretty far down on my callback list. I agree. And I've got to figure with who's this Patty Ty kicking. He's going to be number one on the number list. Yeah, I, I posted on the forums that the James and Adam might want to send Patty some fruit baskets to get him on their side, but then Patty wanted something more tempting. So start getting your boxes of the motion pictures sent to him. That would probably do it. 
All right, so the current bid is Box of Motion Pictures. Who's going to outbid you? Well, they, another interesting thing is the team of James, Patty, and Zefno was the team in the final challenge. So the, the guys in the number one, the number three, and the number four positions, they've already done this, so... And they did win in that particular challenge uh, by quite a bit. So James may you know, stick to his most recent team. Right, and spe speaking of the work that these teams will do, you've you've been in the finals twice for Make It So. Once once as an actual finalist, and once as a participant helping a finalist. Yes, uh, and it was a similar deal where they fifteen cards in a style expansion. Right. Well, the the one of the big differences between the two games is at least with first with second edition, you could give every affiliation an affiliated card in fifteen cards. Not so with first edition. Uh, how many affiliations are there actually in first edition? Um, and including subsets, it's probably closer to. 20 or 25 without going into the really, really wonky stuff. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> so if, uh, if a team wanted to do something where a lot of different people got stuff, they'd either have to start doing dual affiliation stuff or just cut some out. Right. Well, I, I believe that the best way to go is... Pick your theme, do cards that go with that theme, and also include some really awesome dilemmas along that theme so that if people don't want to get the, you know, if people aren't too hip on the theme, there's at least dilemmas that they could mess around with. Right. I do believe that it is very important to theme straight out of the gate. Uh, with the previous challenges, the teams have had the luxury of being able to make two or three different ideas and see which one turned out the best. Creating 15 cards is a whole lot more work than six. And creating two or three times that amount, it just grows exponentially. So the teams won't really have the luxury of making multiple ideas and fleshing them all out fully and picking the best. They're going to need to pick one theme, stick to it, and really do it well. Yeah, I was really surprised, especially with that last challenge. There were people that worked on four, five, eight, three hundred different ideas. That doesn't surprise me too much. Uh, having gone through Make It So uh, Second Edition, uh, we definitely had several competing ideas on practically all the challenges. Sometimes we didn't even pick which one we were actually going to go with until the last hour of the challenge. Yeah, I think they mentioned on the boards there were some ideas they wanted to go with before they eventually settled on uh, TNG, All Good Things. Right, and that's something you can do when you're making six cards, but it's not something you can do when you're trying to make 15. Right, especially when it's 15 cards around a theme. Right, and there's a couple of different ways to go with that theme. The teams could choose to do something where they try to give everybody a little bit of something. Or they could say, 
know, this is something I really want to see in the game. Let's make a 15-card set around that. Uh, which, if I recall correctly, in the first Make It So, the winner created a uh, Ships and Commanders boutique set, uh, similar to Second Edition's 10th anniversary. So that is definitely a possibility. Right. Well, my, my first thought with the 15-card um, for the final challenge, Mako's. The, the hardware the hardware already exists in the game for Starfleet, so you just have to create that little subset, make sure that they work together, you know, get some nouns, get the guys you're expecting, throw in a few verbs, maybe toss in a guy for the mirror universe as Travis, but that that does seem doable with fifteen cards. I think so, especially since there's a lot of makers in the game already as backwards compatible cards that you could draw from and uh, create them as uh, as conversions. Right. Well, we, we actually haven't seen any conversions uh, at all. Which in this. Another possibility for that would be the re. Sorry. Right. Yeah, we haven't seen any converted. We haven't seen any converted makers, but uh, but they are legal for the complete card pool. Right. So it would be neat for them to make an appearance, but um, I, I really don't think that they could do the Vulcans in fifteen. They they really can't do the Vulcans in a fifteen card set. That would be a lot tougher. You're probably looking at doing all the time location at the very least. Uh, whatever probably a new thematic way to time travel similar to what they could have done in this past challenge but 15 cards really isn't enough for a whole new affiliation not to give them verbs and everything yeah I'd, I I even have my doubts the 54 cards is enough to give them everything that they need to be competitive I'm, I'm sure design will prove me wrong and I certainly hope that they do but either way, 15 is out of the question. Right. Uh, one thing I, I was about to mention was the, the remits. The third expansion in the TNG block uh, was originally supposed to be about Nemesis. And I've got to figure that one of the things that they would have done is a conversion of Remus and several of the Remans, uh, many of whom are backwards compatible. I think uh, that's something that could be done in 15 cards because they can use a lot of the stuff that the Romulan affiliation already has to flesh them out. Right. Um, especially with non-TNG Romulans. They're really not all that much to write home about. Right. There's no DS9 reactor core called DS9 ones uh, outside of TNG. There's, there's not too much. Yeah, they've they've got a decent smattering with TOS. The few, handful of cards they have with Enterprise are pretty neat, but nothing you can really build a deck around and wear an I'm an awesome mighty Romulan on your. Yeah, you can you can easily add you ironically a Klingon deck where you can attempt Romulus and just have the time location and have this drone ship flying around for no apparent reason other than to just draw cards. 
but then you're not really playing Romulans, you're playing something else that happens to have some green people in it. Yes, cards that you might as well just temporal micro wormhole for all the good you're using them. Exactly. Which is... Remember the certain amount of risk involved? Um, I, I imagine that if someone was thinking a little more conservatively, they might just go with the theme and base cards around that theme, trying to throw stuff on the wall and hope it sticks. Whereas if you put all your eggs in one basket towards one particular theme, you risk losing people to that theme that don't like it, but you also get people that realize your commitment to it. Right, and that's the trade-off that you have to consider. If I make stuff for a bunch of different affiliations, I'm probably going to hit one that you like, but I'm probably also going to hit one that you don't like. Whereas if if I find something that enough people really like and just hit the one theme, you know, is it worth that risk? Because if I find something that not that many people like, maybe I like it better than a lot of other people do, you could be going home. And this probably is a great time to do some research, especially since regional season is just starting to kick into high gear. Well, uh, I can tell you from our regional that I'm not very good at OTF complete. (laughs) The board and some wacky time travel shenanigans with Federation and Starfleet and whales and yeah something like that one. Oh. <laughs> all I know is I was going to have Odo go put the handcuffs on the whales but they walked into the seat of Starfleet before I could we need to write this episode down and send it into J.J. Abrams But um, did did everyone bring in a set, or did did everyone bring in a group of sites, even if they weren't playing Deep Space Nine? Uh, I don't believe so. I brought in sites myself because I was playing Impact more, uh, but none of my opponents put any sites out. I will say we had a couple of newer players who, you know, aren't really all familiar with uh, that bringing things that you don't need because your opponent might do stuff. Right. Well, there is that Home Run 5 set that's legal in open and in block. And I, I do know a lot of people that are just bringing in five sites which don't count against your seed cards and... You know, if people are bringing them to the game anyway, you might as well find some way to use them. Yeah. So you're thinking that could be uh, a good thing, a good theme for one of the final contestants to base around, finding a a good one to use sites? Well, the the thing is, sites are one of those things that people bring and know about, but they're not something that they really consider to be awesome. Like, there are no tactics. Right, and you know, even when you do have them, a lot of times it's not really worth doing the download and losing the rest of your card draws. Um, so 
use that ops download. Right. How, how would you feel about putting something brand spanking new on the entries? Like a new card type? Um, e- either a new card type or a new icon. Because I remember in the second season to make it so, someone actually did create not only a new keyword, but a new loaded keyword. Um, I'm not sure who that was. It was Ben Hosp. Um, he made a, a keyword called Lockdown. And when yeah. you had a Lockdown card in play, you spent one less counter at the start of each turn. Right. Uh, which, if I recall correctly, he also made a card that had Lockdown that worked really well with cadets and kind of defeated the whole purpose of Lockdown. Right. <laughs> um. The furthest I think I would go in this challenge would be to have a new reference, a new personnel with XYZ in war. I don't think I would go so far as to create a new icon uh, or definitely not a new card type. I think that's just a little too far and you're going to get backlash off of that. Right, especially since you're submitting 15 cards, not 15 cards and a paragraph for rules. Yes, which would, which, with an icon, you might be able to get away with saying this icon doesn't thing, just they have it and we're referencing it. But with a new card type, no way. And and I think if you're doing a new icon, you could easily enough make sure that anybody you would give that icon would have something in their lore that you could reference instead. Right. And that, that's kind of the, the direction that first edition does. You know, with the, the 22nd century icon, a bunch of people are going to have that in different affiliations. Why put it in lore? Let's just offload it to an icon as opposed to, you know, USS Enterprise that only people from one series and one affiliation will have. We'll just use that for lore and call it a day. Yeah, and with them only creating 15 cards, they're not the widespread as the 22nd century. Right. I mean, look, look at the OCD icon. It's on all of two cards, but you still don't know what it, what it does. It still is pretty neat, so it works. True. It can, but uh, personally, if I was on a team, I would not look at going there. Right, stick with what you know, show us your awesome skills, and then when you're with the big boys, then you can make your 21st century icon, and your Madame Gagnon icon, and I'm Picard and I'm buff icon. (laughs) Yep, show us that you know all the rules first, before you can break them. Yes. So, So on that note... Um, anything else? Uh, no, I think, as Section 31 would say, we're about out of intelligence. Oh, I've been there for a while, my friend. (laughs) Um, do you want to give a quick shout-out to Corbin Johnson? Uh, If you're listening to this on iTunes, make sure you send him a thank you. Um, thank you to all contestants, both current and past. 
Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. Also to our Ernst Ryle judges, Dan Hammond and Alan Gould. Also to Charlie for having the patience slash insanity to host this whole thing. So, I am Ross, Ross Manfortel, faithful reader on the forums. And I'm Nathan Gooey Jr. And we are out.